Judges chapter 4. I want to share with you quickly five ways, this is not the sermon, five ways to tell if a woman is mad at you. Take notes. Number one, if she's silent. Number two, if she's yelling. Number three, if she acts the same. Number four, if she acts different. And number five, if she murders you. Uh, so there you go. And it's going to be a good, a good leadway into our look here in Judges chapter 4 today, talking about Deborah and Barak. So five ways you know. So now you know. I should have told you last week before Valentine's Day, but uh, now you know. All right, Judges chapter 4. And uh, let's kind of just dive into it. Let's start off with um, why there was a need for another judge. We'll kind of look at four, chapter 4 and chapter 5 today, but look in uh, verse number 1 through verse number 3 of chapter 4. It says, And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ehud was dead. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, and reigned in Hazor, the captain of whose host was Sisera, which dwelt in uh, Her- Herosheth of the Gentiles. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, for he had nine hundred chariots of iron, and twenty years he mightily oppressed the children of Israel. Why did they need the judge? It's very simple. They did evil again. They did it again. How dare them. Yet we do it again also. How sad it is. And as I've prayed before and talked about before, I hope we learn from the mistakes of the children of Israel so we don't fall into the same routine as well. But it says there again in verse number 1, I did evil again in the sight of the Lord. Uh, We see introduced to us Jabin. Jabin was the king. Uh, Sisera was the captain. They had strong armies. And it says they ruled mightily and oppressed them for 20 years. 20 years of oppression. That's not fun. That's not good. But we see then that the Lord delivered them. Who did He send to deliver them? We see first of all Deborah. Deborah, it says in verse number 4, And Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, she judged Israel at that time. And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah, Ramah and Bethel and Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for her judgment. Uh, she was obviously a woman. That is, uh, when we look at, at you know, obviously God uses different women throughout the Bible. But in this capacity, this is, this is a little bit more rare. And so Deborah, uh, God was going to use to deliver the people of Israel. Her name means has the same idea of be or systematic order. Uh, so when you think, I know when I think of women, I oftentimes think of more orderly, um, better organizers. Uh, but nonetheless, this was her. She was a godly woman. Um, she was, uh, uh, from what we see here, God used her, obviously. Uh, but she was a prophetess. Uh, and so uh, we see that she was a godly woman. Uh, we see as well that she was, uh, I believe, a delegator. She was a good leader. And she would delegate. Look in verse number 6. She sent and called Barak, the son of um, Abinoam, uh, out of Kadesh Naphtali, and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward the Mount Tabor, and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali, and of the children of Zebulun? And I will draw unto thee uh, to the river Kishon Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into thine hand. And Barak said unto her, If thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. So what we see here is we see Deborah, a good leader, uh, someone who is God is using to deliver the children of Israel. And she's got with her Barak. 
And Barak has uh, a little bit less of that leadership ability, it seems as though. And uh, he doesn't have that same confidence or, or faith that Deborah has. He didn't trust in God alone. God said, I've delivered them. Go down and take them. And Barak says, well, Deborah, if you'll go with me, then I'll go. There have been times where my wife had to go outside and later at night or wherever, and she says, uh, I'm not going unless you come with me. And uh, there are times where my kids, well, I'm not going to go unless somebody goes with me. A little fear in there maybe, just uh, one of that security. Uh, Barak here looks at Deborah. She was obviously someone who God was using, but he didn't have that same faith that she had. And even though God had said, we've delivered them, he said, I'll only go if Deborah goes with me. Uh, Deborah had a great response in verse number 9. She said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou hast uh, takest shall not be for thine honor, for the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak goes and, and, and wins the battle. He's going to become very well known. Uh, he's going to get a lot of glory, a lot of honor, a lot of praise. Wow, look what Barak did, a great military leader. Barak doesn't have faith. He says, Deborah, I'll only go if you come with me. And Deborah says, I'll go with you. Because now everybody will know that God delivered the people because they lose to a woman. Now listen, I, I'm going to be careful with this. Um, maybe I shouldn't record this, this message. But uh, uh, is it not true that when a woman beats a man, even to this day, there's still a little bit of, you got beat by a woman. Uh, you know, that, that kind of mentality. Uh, and it's true. And in this day especially, Military might was never defined by a woman. And so Deborah said, I will go with you. And it's going to, uh, it's not the, the win, the victory will not be for thine honor. Uh, for the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. The honor is not going to go to Barak. It's not going to go to a military might. Deborah obviously will get some of the, the uh, uh, local accolades, but God ultimately gets the honor uh, through it as well. For he is the one giving them the victory. Uh, we see the battle takes place. Look in verse 11. Sisera prepares and says, Now Heber the Kenite, uh, which was of the children of uh, Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, had se uh, severed himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent into the plain of Zaanaim, which is by Kadesh. And they showed Sisera that Barak, the son of Benoam, was gone up to the Mount Tabor. And Sisera gathered together all of his chariots, even 900 chariots of iron, and all of the people that were with him uh, from Herosheth, Herosheth of the Gentiles unto the river Kishon. So Sisera is preparing. He's bringing all his might. He's not leaving anything behind. He's bringing everything that he has. Then we see the time for the war in verse 14. And Deborah said unto Barak, Up! I love that. I really do. Barak wasn't Deborah's husband, but there are times where a wife says to a husband, seriously, up. <laughs> we know the wives are submissive to their husbands, but even when a wife says up, we get up. That's what we do. And Deborah says to, to Barak, up, for this is the day in which the Lord hath delivered Sisera into thine hands. It is not, uh, is not the Lord gone out before thee. So Barak went down from Mount Tabor and 10,000 men after him. The war was coming. Uh, verse 15, And the Lord discomfited Sisera and all his chariots and all his hosts to the edge of the sword before Barak, so that Sisera lighted down off his chariot and fled away on his feet, discomfited, put into commotion. Chaos basically ensues, and that's what God does to the armies of Sisera. And uh, Sisera takes off running, 
But what happens is, look in verse number 16, but Barak pursued after the chariots, not after uh, Sisera. And after the hosts unto Hero, uh, Herosheth of the Gentiles, and all the hosts of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword, and there was not a man left, howbeit Sisera, uh, here we find, uh, fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, uh, the Kenite, for there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazor, and the house of Heber, the Canaanite. So here Sisera runs and he hides. Um, you know, he comes in and he asks for a drink, it says in verse 19. Uh, he asks for a little water, for he's thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him drink and covered him. This is a, a sign of comfort. This is a welcoming thing. It's not like when we read in the New Testament where the Bible talks to dad, if the dad, if the son asked for an egg, would he give him a serpent? That's not what this is. He asked for water and she gave him something that to a degree would be better than milk. And so there's this sense of comfort, a blanket uh, as well. And she begins to make him feel comfortable. Um, then we see it goes on and it says um, in verse uh, 20, Again, he said unto her, Stand in the door of the tent. And it shall be when any man doth come and inquire of thee and say, Is there any man here? Thou shalt say, No. Then Jael, uh, Heber's wife, took a nail of the tent and took a hammer in her hand and went softly unto him. That's never good. And smote the nail into his temples and fastened it into the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. This is incredible. It really is. We have this JL here, and she uh, she she knows who Barak is, and uh, or through who Sisera is, and he comes in and he asks for comfort. She gives it to him. He's tired. He's weary. He's been running. He's been uh, fretful. All those kinds of things, and now he's laying there asleep. And what does she do? She takes a nail from the tent. She takes a hammer, and I don't know how you do this. Uh, honestly, I can't imagine. I would think if someone puts a, just sets the nail on your head, you're going to feel it. But nonetheless, she takes the hammer, she takes the nail. I don't know if it was one hit. I don't know if it was more. But she drives it through his temples and nails his head to the ground. And he's dead, obviously, from that. Then, and look in verse 22. And behold, as Barak pursued Sisera. So finally now, after Barak pursued the chariots and everything, now he's out looking for Sisera. And here he comes, Barak pursued Sisera, and Jael came out to meet him and said unto him, Come, and I will show thee the man whom thou seekest. And I'm sure Barak was thinking, Great, we've got him. Right where we want him. <laughs> he goes walking into the tent. And what happens? And when he came in to her tent, behold, Sisera lay dead, and the nail was in his temples. Remember earlier, Deborah said that in verse number 9, it says that thou takest... Um, the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor, for the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. It wasn't in that Deborah's hands. It was in the jail's hands. And Jael killed Sisera. And it says there in, in verse 22 that, he, uh, that Barak came in, saw that he was dead. So God subdued on that day, verse 23, Jabin, the king of Canaan, before the children of Israel, and the hand of the children of Israel prospered and prevailed against Jabin, the king of, the Canaan, uh, of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, king of uh, Canaan. So we see that the, uh, the, 
the victory that was wrought. Now, Sisera was a mighty military man. He had a large army. God discomfited them, that sent them into chaos. Uh, all of his soldiers died from the sword. And then they found uh, eventually Sisera with his head nailed to the ground and dead by the hand of a woman. In chapter 5, we see the song of Deborah and Barak. Uh, it says in verse 1, Then sang Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, uh, on that day, saying, Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel, when people willingly offered themselves. Hear, O ye kings, give ear, O ye princes. I, even I, will sing unto the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. And it goes on for the rest of the chapter, uh, uh, giving this uh, song. They give praise to God in verse number 2, and throughout the chapter as well, giving God the honor uh, for the, and the praise for delivering them out of the hand of Jabin and out of the hand of Sisera. Look in verse 31. It says, uh, chapter 5, verse 31, So let all thine enemies perish, O Lord, but let them that love him be as the sun, and when he goeth forth in his might. And it says, the land had rest forty years. I take this story and I look at a couple of things that I, that I pull from it. I think it's great to see as well that they were under the oppression for twenty years and they had rest for forty years. It's not always that way, but while we see that, and to me that sticks out to me, that God gave more rest than the tumult that they went through uh, and the oppression that they went through. We see as well that uh, uh, it doesn't matter, I think, who we are. We see Deborah, we see Jael. It doesn't matter who we are or what we are in the sense that if you'll just follow God, and God will get the job done. And uh, you don't have to be super talented. You don't have to be uh, a great personality. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be a whatever. You just have to be faithful and obedient and let God do the work. Let God do the work. And uh, just do what He tells you to do, just like we talked about this morning. Have a heart after God and follow Him to what He would have. Then don't forget to give God the credit. Um, so many times we pray and we say, God, I'm in this situation. I need your help. And uh, then God answers, and, and we go, boy, I got through that one. Whew. Sometimes we forget we even prayed about it. And uh, we forget to give God praise and credit and thanks uh, for what He did for us. And Deborah and Barak did not forget. They did praise the Lord. And, of course, with that, the people followed and praised the Lord as well for the deliverance that He gave. Don't allow circumstances in your life to steal away from uh, what God has done. Don't forget to praise God. Don't forget to thank God for the things that He does for you and for the provision, for the deliverance, for whatever it may be. Uh, allow God uh, to get the proper uh, honor that He deserves uh, from it all. Uh, we're going to get into Gideon here uh, next week. It's the plan and excited about that. And uh, But we see today, uh, you know, what did they say uh, uh, about angry women? you got to be careful with them. Jail wasn't necessarily angry, but she understood, hey, this needs to be taken care of. And God used her uh, to kill off Sisera, and obviously God delivered the armies into their hands as well. So last week we had the nasty, uh, the nasty stabbing. This week the uh, head nail uh, through, and then uh, next week we'll get into maybe some lighter, lighter material, uh, post-lunch material uh, from that. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you. We thank you for your word and what we can learn from it and how you give us examples. Lord, I, I think we see in... In the book of Judges, we see a lot of different things. We see a cycle of sin. God, may you help us to, to seek, seek you and obey you that we would not fall into the same cycle. Lord, we see your use of many different people, different personalities, different character types, um, different ways that you use them 
May God may use that to encourage us that we may rest in the fact that if we're obedient to you, you'll use us in some way, shape, and form. And God, I pray that today you would help us as we plan out our week and prepare for even tomorrow. I pray that you would help us to, to do better, Lord, that we'd be more obedient to you in the coming week. And uh, Lord, I pray that if, if we have not been obedient, Lord, that we would come to you and ask for forgiveness and get on the right path now moving forward this week. Provide for the needs that we have. Uh, I pray for Miss Diane. She's uh, not feeling well and has a doctor's appointment tomorrow, so I would pray for uh, help and healing with her. And uh, Lord, we just pray that you be with our missionaries and all the things they're going through as well and just provide and, and take care of them. But Lord, use us this week for your honor and your glory. And uh, Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 